All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, speaking to you from New York City on this, the 18th day of August, 2020. Before I talk more about today's show, I do like to remind you that I write a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks, and you can subscribe to that by going to miningstocks.com. Miningstocks.com, we like to put in a plug for Chen Lin as well. Uh, writes an excellent letter, has done very, very well for his subscribers over the years. What is Chen buying? What is Chen selling? And you can go to ChenPicks.com for, for that subscription. And uh, Michael Oliver will be with us a little later in the day, uh, later in this hour, I should say. And um, that is uh, OliverMSA.com uh, where you need to go for Michael's work as well. Uh, I'd like to continue ha- asking you to continue sending along any comments you have at questionsfortaylorgmail.com, questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. Uh, if you're interested in our course, be sure to send a, a notice along for that so that uh, we will be able to contact you um, as soon as we're ready to start making that available. We do want to thank our sponsors, uh, today's sponsors, making this show economically viable, Benchmark Metals, NV Gold, Hannon Metals, Irving Resources, Novo Resources, Sitka Gold Corp., and Lion One Metals. I've titled today's show, Preparing for an Emerging American Dictatorship. Michael Oliver, Jeff Dice, and Jim Grieg uh, return as guests for today's show. In our office today, we, uh, we watched a video interview with uh, Robert Kiyosaki, who says, and I quote, America is heading for totalitarianism, uh, and that he is expected and planning to flee America with his gold, end of quotes. You can access this very important video if you want to. Uh, you can go to jtaylormedia.com, jtaylormedia.com, and uh, you can access this very important uh, interview with Robert Kawasaki, who uh, actually came out of, uh, of a tyranny. He was, uh, uh, he, he, he was in Vietnam during the war fighting on the... American side, uh, and then came to America after uh, Vietnam was lost to the communists. So he brings with him some experience of totalitarian governments and the fear of those institutions. In The Fourth Turning, that's a book that was authored by William Strauss and Neil Howe, they predicted America is facing a tidal wave of change during which values held dear since World War II will be overturned. Indeed, it would seem we are now starting to see those changes with dictatorial commands that we stay locked in our homes and wear face masks, while a very reasonable and overall successful approach to the COVID-19 problem 
practiced in Sweden is cursed by an increasingly Marxist-leaning Democrat party and their propaganda instruments at the Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, and MSNBC. Strauss and Howell suggest that no one individual or elite class of people can stop the sociological, economic, spiritual, and moral forces in play. Most certainly, Marxist groups supported by the Democratic Party and large internet corporations and the mainstream media in general are already destroying the safeguards of liberty, such as the First Amendment and Second Amendments. So, in fact, it won't matter, uh, according to Strauss and Howe, it won't matter really which party prevails in the November 2020 elections because a fourth turn in American history is inexorably underway and the liberties of the past are already very rapidly being eroded as this, uh, as this fourth turning is apparently now getting underway. The idea that we as Americans would ever be forced to stay in our homes, not to be allowed to go to work, and being told that we must wear masks, face masks, when we are even, even when we're alone in our homes doing a, a Zoom meeting, uh, this is a dystopian world beyond comprehension to me as a 73-year-old American who grew up in a conservative Ohio community. But this is the America that the Democrat Party and institutions that support it, like universities, major media, and increasingly large corporations in general, they seem to really relish this uh, direction that we are heading into. Michael Oliver will be joining me in the second half of today's show to discuss his views of how many Americans may react to this new dystopia, this new dystopian anti-U.S. constitutional America that a growing number of Marxists uh, in, in the Democrat Party are forcing Americans to accept. Uh, I might just, before I comment about our other two guests, Michael will be with me in the second half of today's show, a couple of other guests, I'll, I'll comment on them just briefly. But before I do, I would like to... Uh, just like to mention my uh, Investing 101 Gold and Silver course because the first two lessons in my course, which I have now filmed, uh, discuss how the debasement of money and adaptation to Keynesian economics has set the stage for the ruination of free market capitalism and as a result, the growing loss of peace and prosperity in America. Most certainly underlying the growing horror of death and destruction in major cities across America is a dysfunctional economy. It is leading to the destruction of the middle class in favor of a ruling elite and certainly hordes of young people with university degrees who see no prospects of being employed. The first two lessons in my course provide evidence of the connection between dishonest money and the growing levels of misery in America. The last three lessons of the course talk about products you can use to turn these nasty negatives from our ruling elite into ways to protect your wealth and possibly benefit from a massive transfer of wealth from fiat money to gold and silver so that you will be in a better position to help your friends and family who may be in need uh, in the dark days that seem to lie ahead. Again, if you have an interest in taking this course, please send an email along to us at questions for Taylor, uh, questions for Taylor, questions the number for Taylor at gmail.com. Okay, now talking of ways to turn the current nasty economic negatives into positives. Um, Jim Grieg of Benchmark Metals will be with me right after the first commercial break. Benchmark is in the process of defining a very large gold deposit 
on its lawyers project in north central British Columbia. The company just recently announced a blockbuster drill intercept that uh, graded 3.05 grams of gold per ton over 47 meters uh, and also announced some very strong metallurgical results. And just this morning, management announced an equity raise of some $21 million. Do you suppose investors are investing $21 million simply to push some holes in the ground if they don't think Benchmark is on to something major? Of course not. So looking forward to hearing, um, I'm really looking forward to hearing what Jim Grieg has to say after a first commercial break uh, coming up in just a few minutes from now. Now, I understand... Um, uh, I understand that um, Jeff Dice was supposed to be with me here in the first segment uh, to talk about uh, a piece that he recently wrote at the Mises Institute, uh, and it uh, has to do with why uh, Fed bugs really, really hate gold. Jeff uh, was go- has written an article which you can read at the Mises Institute, and for some reason he has not been, uh, been made available uh, for this time at this point in time in the show. Uh, so I guess we can probably have Jeff back on another time. He certainly is uh, a, a very good friend of mine and a very worthy guest, and uh, we will have him on sometime in the future. But suffice it to say, I might just actually, uh, well, I'd encourage you to read Jeff's article, Why Fed Bugs Really, Really Hate Gold. And that uh, Judy Shelton, it's about Judy Shelton, who is a, a gold advocate and an economist who has been proposed uh, for the Federal Reserve Bank by Donald Trump, by President Trump. Um, and she she has really coined the phrase uh, Fed bugs. Fed bugs, um, uh, Fed bugs meaning instead of gold bugs, uh, you know, if you call me a gold bug, well, what does that make you, lovers of the Fed? That would make you a Fed bug. Anyway, it would be very worthy uh, to read Jeff's article at, Go- at the Mises Institute. But I might just mention, here's a a comment from Alan Greenspan, who explained years ago why why the establishment, why the Fed and the rest of the establishment hate gold. He said, uh, in the absence, this is is Alan Greenspan before he was, uh, this was back in 1961, before he he headed up the Federal Reserve Bank. He said, in the absence of the gold standard, there is no way to protect savings from confiscation through inflation. There is, no store, there is no safe store of value. He concluded his remarks, uh, which was written in the Objectivist newsletter. He said, this is the shabby secret of the welfare status triads against gold. Deficit spending is simply a scheme for the hidden confiscation of wealth. Gold stands in the way of this, ins- of this insidious process. It stands as a protector of property rights. If one grasps this, one has no difficulty in understanding the status antagonism toward the gold standard, end of quotes. So Alan Greenspan knew very well uh, that getting rid of the gold stand, standard allowed the confiscation of property rights of individuals. But a property, a confiscation that not one in a million people really understood was happening. And so this is what has been going on. And we've seen a massive redistribution of wealth from those that, that earn it, those that create it, the miners, the manufacturers, the farmers, the inventors, to the people that control the wealth, that is the government and the Federal Reserve, that is Wall Street and Washington. So we've had this massive redistribution of wealth from the middle class to the, to the elites. And those elites are really pushing very hard uh, for socialism now. Why socialism? Well, because they're well protected. They are the elites. 
And just as in the Russian, uh, the Communist Party of Russia, the elites did very well. They took care of themselves. But the masses of people were headed to slavery. Well, we as an American people, I'm afraid, are headed to slavery, uh, debt enslavement, thanks to Keynesian economics and uh, getting uh, Nixon taking us off the gold standard after Roosevelt did that earlier from the domestic gold standard and then taking away the international gold standard. And so we have had this massive redistribution of wealth uh, in both parties, uh, both parties, the Republicans and the Democrats. The Republicans haven't been much better, uh, save for Ron Paul. There have been virtually no one in the last number of decades that have stood for honest money. And so we have seen our country disintegrate from a bastion of free market capitalism, liberty and justice for all into a system of, of, uh, of socialism and even Marxism, which uh, it seems a large part of the Democrat Party uh, is very much in favor of. Well, we do have to go to break now, but don't go away because as soon as we come back, Jim Gregg will be with me to talk about some amazingly good things happening at Benchmark Metals. Don't go away. I'll be right back with Jim Gregg. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Noble Resources Corp. trades on the OTCQX under the symbol NSRPF and on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol NVO. Its flagship assets are located in the Pilbara region of Western Australia. Novo has recently partnered with Sumitomo Corporation of Japan to evaluate, advance, and develop the company's Australian gold projects. With over $40 million in cash and $60 million committed from Sumitomo, Novo is well on its way to establishing itself as one of the top junior explorers and developers in Australia. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times to Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased uh, to have Jim Grieg with me again. Uh, he is the president, director, and uh, is also on the audit committee of Benchmark Metals. And uh, this is a company that I own shares in. It's been a recommendation in my newsletter. It's one of the most exciting stories that I cover. Uh, and so I'm really pleased to have Jim with me again. Thanks for joining me, Jim. Always a pleasure, Jay. Thanks for having Benchmark on board. Well, yes, indeed, and um, you know it's it's a happy time because you've been announcing some some very good news. Uh, one that certainly caused a lot caught a lot of the investors' eyes a, a couple of I don't know it was a couple of weeks ago now or, or not, but it, just recently, fifty seven point ninety one meters of over three grams per ton on your lawyer's property. But um, I guess before we get started, I should tell people that your stock trades BNCH in Canada. You can buy it down here in the states as I have under the symbol CYRTF, 119,133,000 shares out, that's before 
you you do a, a financing that you're expecting to do probably bring in what another maybe close to 10 million shares uh, so uh, at a dollar 10 in US money right now so it gives you a market cap around 130 in US dollars um, you know good start Jim and and um, really some really exciting news so um, let, let's start out by uh, well what do you what do you think is the most important that people hear about first I mean I Obviously, that 57.91 meter intersection of 3.05 grams per ton, uh, that was a gold equivalent number at lawyers is, is big news, right? Yeah, it's very good. Um, you know, one of the, the major sort of news flow items and results that we have coming from now right through to probably December period mm-hmm. is that there were five drill rigs turning at this site. Um, they're producing some very good big numbers. Uh, what we're seeing in the core visually looks uh, very appealing um, in align with what we saw during 2018 and 2019 drilling. So we expect these results to fully support a large mineral resource that would come out in Q1 of next year. So approximately uh, five months time we hope to have a large multi-million ounce gold and silver resource published uh, when did you say it is Jim so that would be Q1 of 2021, uh, 2021. So I'll say approximately yeah approximately five months from now you do have a resource now I believe we do we have a small resource uh, that was built on historical data from over two years ago but since that time we've completed an awful lot of work We've advanced the project. We understand the geology much better. We can see where zones are trending. Um, We see that zones are open at depth and on strike. But um, the biggest change here from when this small project was a producer 30 years ago is we see potential here for three large open pit resources. So that's gold and silver ounces right at surface. And it's very, very good grade at surface. Um, you know, and on top of that, um, we did announce some exceptional metallurgical results there last week. And for your, for your viewers who don't quite understand what metallurgy is, it's essentially the science of recovering the gold and the silver from the rocks that hold it. And what we're seeing here is recovery rates from these rocks that are well above average um, they're in the 95% uh, recovery rate for gold, and they're trending into the 90s in some areas for silver. So, you know, that's a big milestone to show that um, science shows that we can remove most, if not all, of the gold and silver from, from this rock. And what about environmental concerns, Jim? Uh, are there any in... Um because uh, those are always, you know, that's always something you want to be be aware of as early as possible. Uh, that is excellent yeah, news on the metallurgy, but uh, with regard to that, yeah. So we're we're advancing um, what we can on the environmental platform. Uh, from a permitting standpoint, uh, we have completed First Nations agreements with the uh, the bands or the First Nations that are within our region. Mm-hmm. So that's a big check mark to this project. It supposed that uh, it, it shows that we've got support from the uh, First Nations communities surrounding the area. Uh, we have also begun baseline environmental work. 
Um, that's also an, another big step towards uh, permitting and advancing the project. So we anticipate no, no big hic- hiccups or issues with the environmental side of things, but um, you know we are paying attention to it. Uh, we're looking towards uh, environmental studies as we go forward here and building this mine in an environmentally friendly but a sustainable method at the same time. Mm-hmm. So your uh, your so your resource now is not a forty three one hundred one. It's a, a historical resource. It's a, it is a forty three one hundred one. Based on yeah. Based on historical numbers, mm-hmm. and it it started at approximately a hundred thousand ounces, but mm-hmm. what we're seeing now with the work we've done and the validation of historical drilling, we do indeed believe and there's good evidence to show that we're heading towards multi-million ounces here on the next mineral resource estimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you've publicly stated that your your goal is uh, is to outline at least I think 5 million ounce gold equivalent resource, right? I think I saw you that's, that's right. publicly stated. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that would be our ultimate target. Um, that will take a few more drill campaigns. Um, but I, I think what you'll see um, in Q1 of next year is uh, a global resource that reports from three open pitable zones. Um, they're all slightly different to one another, but uh, one, um, one we pride it called the Cliff Creek Zone. Mm-hmm. We provided an exploration target of 1.9 million ounces that graded 1.7 grams per ton. Mm-hmm. And that does not include two other zones that um, uh, have some exceedingly good drill numbers across it. Mm-hmm. So our resource estimate would include the Cliff Creek Zone, the AGB Zone, and the Dukes Ridge Zone. And they're all within close proximity to each other. Yeah. So we're talking about, are we talking about an open, you, you said open pit, an open pit. Open so we're pit. Talking, so yep. about a bulk mining scenario, relatively low cost. Do you, uh, what about stripping ratios on on these different ones? Well, maybe it's too early to know that yet till you've drilled them out, obviously. But yeah, yeah, it's a bit early. Um, that will be provided during the mineral resource and mm-hmm. then the subsequent um, economic study that would follow. Um, but um, uh, Sprott Capital uh, did some early research analysis on us, and uh, Sprott has uh, provided that publicly as a third-party type of notice, mm-hmm. and um, their target, uh, based on their independent review, and keep in mind this is not 43101 sure. reporting yet, but it's an early indication, and they believe we're heading towards 2.4 million ounces, that grades 1.7 grams, mm-hmm. um, but that was not based on all the new drilling that's in progress right now. So, mm-hmm. we, you know, we've got some credible... Uh, very reliable engineers and geologists who are reviewing this project. And uh, we are now targeting up to 70,000 meters completed by the end of November this year. So, and, that would, and that would go into your new resource uh, estimate, that data. That, that's right. So we've got approximately 50,000 meters of historical data, and that would be combined with over 70,000 meters of new data. So this is a comprehensive database with a lot of drilling assay information to be inserted within it. 
when uh, might the economics follow then? Uh, maybe Q2 of 2021? Correct, yeah. I would expect um, to see a scoping study follow directly after the resource and Q2 would be our, our target time frame. So you've got a very aggressive drill program underway. I think you said you'll be, you'll be, how, how late can you drill up there? How long can you work? We could actually drill year-round here. We're, we're not quite set up. We're looking to install some more permanent infrastructure, mm-hmm. uh, but we will be able to drill into November this year. And so we can look for drill results. We should be looking for drill results up through the end of the year, I think you were saying. So a constant yeah, yeah, flow of that, would, perhaps, huh? That, that's right. A constant flow of news into November and December. And then following that uh, into next year, there'll be two big milestone moments where there's this large, robust mineral resource estimate and then an economic study to show that this indeed is a viable economic mine to be built. Now, you're in the uh, north central BC, and BC has had a lot of infrastructure improvement over the last couple of decades, right? How, how is the infrastructure there? Access is fairly good, and what, you got power? You, what do you have up there? Yeah, access is very good, Jay. Um, Because this has a history of mining some 30 years ago, the project is completely road accessible. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you look on some of our uh, pictures within presentations and on the website, you can actually see trucks parked directly beside the drill rig. So there's no helicopter site or support required. Mm -hmm. But on top of that... Uh, we are 45 kilometers, roughly uh, 30 miles away from the world-class Kames gold copper mine. Uh-huh. And uh, logically speaking, that could be a source of a tie-in point for electricity. Uh-huh. All right. So these so are it all... it just uh, shows that this... Yeah, it just shows that this really is a proven and prolific area with, um, you know, Sentara's large Kames mine nearby. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, you're expecting to raise twenty million, twenty one million dollars or more. I, the way things are going in this very, very strong market, I'm seeing a lot of companies raising more than they're setting out to raise. It's almost as if investors are eagerly giving money to mining projects, promising ones anyway. Um, but you, do you have some money in the till now? So how will the what will the twenty one million do for you? How how far will that take we- you? We do. We are fully funded um, up to near 50,000 meters of drilling. So there's still um, just about $6.5 million sitting in our treasury. Mm -hmm. However, this financing would allow us to do several things. Increase the number of drilled meters. So move from 50,000 to 70,000 meters within a short time frame. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also allows us to start planning for... 100,000 meters next year. So uh, this this funding uh, that we're looking at concurrently as we speak allows us to plan ahead and advance this project into 2021. Excellent. Well, I guess uh, we investors just need to keep their eyes open for uh, for drill results now. That's that's the big thing, right? That's the main thing that we should that's watch. Right. For. That's the metallurgy's right. Metallurgy's we'll be been announcing. checked. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, drill results will come out in batches um, as we move forward here as they come from the lab. And I would expect um, some type of news flow, be it drill results or other, every 7 to 10 days. Excellent. 
Well, that's what it takes in a very strong market as well. And uh, wish you well. And of course, I wish you well because I own your shares and uh, on behalf of my subscribers as well and the, and the listeners here that may be picking up some shares along the way. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for your time and for updating us on, on your story. Yeah, very good, Jay. Look forward to chatting with you again with um, with another update. Absolutely. Look forward to it. All right, Jim. Thank you very much. Well, folks, we do have to go to break now, but don't go away. Michael Oliver is going to be with us. You know, a lot of you folks have been complaining that Michael's not been with us enough, that I don't give him enough time. Well, we're going to give him the basically the second half of today's show to talk, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say about some very important topics. Uh, so don't go away. We'll be right back with Michael Oliver. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. NV Gold Core, trading under NVX on the TSX and NVGLF on the OTC, is a gold exploration company focused on uncovering the next multi million ounce gold deposit in North America. With an aggressive exploration season ahead in 2020, a tight share structure, strong management ownership, key strategic investors including Eric Sprott, a globally recognized technical team, technical coverage from industry gold experts, and cash in its treasury. Visit NVGoldCore.com to learn more on this exciting story. Benchmark Metals is a gold-silver exploration company that is embarking on its largest program to date on the Lawyers Project with up to 50,000 meters of resource expansion and definition drilling planned in 2020. The multi-million ounce potential project is expected to have a new mineral resource estimate and PEA study completed in 2021. The company is backed by the Metals Group management team and believes this aggressive program will be complemented by one of the strongest commodity bull markets in decades. Visit BenchmarkMetals.com and subscribe to follow their success. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questions4taylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times to Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me for a little extra time today, Michael Oliver. You know, a lot of you folks have been complaining, and you see things on the YouTube channel, lots of complaints there about, Taylor, you just should shut up a little bit and let Michael talk. I mean, you're, just too, you're just expressing too many of your, own, of your own views. What do you think this is? You think it's your show or what? And uh, no, they're right. I, I, should, uh, I should tone it down a little bit and uh, let my guests do the talking. So I'm really glad that you could join me again, Michael. Thanks for, thanks for allowing us a little extra time today. Thank you, Jay. Glad to be back. <laughs> well, it's, it really is true. You are one of the more popular guests, and, uh, and, and you don't get that much time to talk. So today we're a little extra time. But I'd like to start out because, you know, most people hear you talking about the, 
the gold market, the silver market, the, the equity and bond markets and currency markets and commodity markets. You talk about those things briefly and give us an idea of which direction they're heading and all. Uh, some vague ideas about the limits and where you think you need to see the things see things move further. Um, but um, what people don't know about you is that there's another dimension, a much broader dimension than just what they hear on this show. And that is your uh, your views of uh, of government and and markets and the economy and so forth. And you've written an excellent book. It's called The New Libertarianism: Anarcho-Capitalism. Can you give our our listeners just a little bit of an overview of the book and the and the philosophy that's contained within the book and the, the ideas within well, that book? Well, uh, it's it goes back to my high school days. It's been the 1960s. Uh, I, I read uh, Ayn Rand. I started mm-hmm. with their smallest novel, Anthem. <laughs> Being mm-hmm. a cheater, I started the small one. And I worked well at the Atlas Shrugged. And it influenced me uh, heavily. Um, huh? And uh, it's, she's not just a novelist, she's a philosopher and uh, a rebellious one at that in, in terms mm-hmm. of contrasting with philosophies that have dominated the world over the last couple thousand years. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I got it because of that, I got involved in the early phase of what was the emergent libertarian movement in the United States, which would be in the late 60s, early 1970s. And I I was editor and publisher of a nationwide newspaper called The New Banner. It was a libertarian-slash-objectivist publication. And in the process of that, I I got to meet Dr. Murray Rothbard. Now, who's Mm -hmm. Rothbard? Uh, Rothbard is the primary student of Ludwig von Mises, who's the father of the Austrian School of Economics, a very laissez-faire, limited government-type school, though Rothbard took it a step further. He was uh, for the evolution of government out of the way, totally, uh, in the markets mm-hmm. to ascend. Mm-hmm. You know, not that you do that suddenly, but it evolves because it's a natural course of events, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. He was involved with Ayn Rand. He was part of her inner circle that was humorously called the collective. <laughs> uh, Greenspan mm-hmm. was part of that group, and uh, Nathaniel Brandon, but also Rothbard. But Rothbard mm-hmm. was later kicked out uh, by Rand, and uh, he was not for limited government as Rand was. Rand was basically a founding fathers type of uh, adherent. Uh, she came over mm-hmm. from Russia, and she was very much in love with the work that the founding fathers had done in terms of limiting government and so forth. Well, in my book, one of the subjects, I, the main subject I deal with is who's right? Are the libertarians right uh, in the evolution away from government uh, or the limited government folks right? And Rand was in the limited government group, and she definitely didn't like the libertarians. She thought they were a bunch of hippies. Okay, uh, So it was a sharp division then. But in the book, I basically marry the two. I take Rand's basic philosophical premises, uh, metaphysics, epistemology, uh, and up. And then, but instead of applying her political philosophy, which basically was a replication of the Founding Fathers, I apply Rothbard's view of government and why it shouldn't exist and why it is dysfunctional. And so I marry the two, and that's what's called, mm-hmm. uh, why the book is titled the way it is. Anyway, mm-hmm. that influenced me. This is I wrote that book back in 1971, 72, and 73 as a master's thesis. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I later published it in 2013 uh, through Amazon, and... Uh, it's the Mises Institute reviewed it, and I am very happy to say they liked it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have great high respect for Jeff Dice, I think was on the program mm-hmm. earlier, and uh, the other team members around him, Mark Thornton and uh, Dave Gordon, who does the reviews. 
But anyway, so that influenced me heavily in the direction of my life. I was going to go into political philosophy as an academic career, and in 1974-75 decided, nah, I'm going into the futures markets. What a switch. Uh, yeah. Gold was legalized. That was the reason. And gold is, of course, uh, to a libertarian or to anybody free market, it is, it is money. It is the answer to fiat currencies, which are eternally destroying themselves uh, and now at a very rapid pace. And so we're now faced with the reality that gold is, you know, at its supreme moment, I think. More so than any bull market we've seen in the last 50 years in gold, this is the one. Uh, not just gold, but silver. And uh, because the major producers of the fiat currencies around the Western world, including Japan, uh, are in the self-destructive mode like we've never seen. Mm-hmm. And it will have real-world impact. And I think even people who aren't gold bugs, like Buffett, for example, are suddenly realizing that's where they need to be. Mm-hmm. So we've seen stories in the last few days of Buffett buying into uh, Barrett Gold. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, selling gold in sacks. Selling yeah, gold in sacks, I understand, and buying uh, Barrett Gold, yes. Yeah, and uh, I, I think he also sold some Goldman Sachs to buy Garrett Gold. That's yeah, that's what I mean. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so well, that's let, what let, motivated let, me to get let me into... Ask you, Michael, let, let me ask you, Michael, if you had gone into academia, so you would have been a libertarian, a, a, an, a, an objectivist, libertarian yeah, type yeah. of uh, professor? At the time, in the mid-70s, uh, we were in a, a recession, depression worldwide, if you recall. Yes, called yes absolutely. And it was very hard for professors to get tenure and so forth, and I said, I'm, I'm not even going to go into the career. I'd finished all my coursework in a Ph.D. and was being uh, objected to by some higher-up professors about uh, my subject matter from my dissertation, and I said, ah, heck with it. University of Hawaii yeah. was where I was at the time, and I, I went back to the mainland, and I joined E.F. Hutton uh, mm-hmm. in New York City, their headquarters, commodity headquarters, and, and learned up the ladder of about the futures markets and became a gold specialist under Hutton at the time. That was a couple blocks from where the COMEX was at that time, where they first started trading gold. Uh, And by the way, it was libertarians, for the folks who don't know this, uh, committee to legalize gold out of New Orleans. Jim Blanchard ran it at the time. That was the lobby group that got gold legalized. Had it not Mm -hmm. been for them, it wouldn't be trading right now. So... Anyway, well, so all these. Events- I remember. I'm, I might just mention, Michael. I remember speaking to um, the Democratic congressman, whose name escapes me at the moment because it's so many years ago. But I met up with him at an event in New York uh, when that was legalized. It was uh, President Ford was the president, and and he signed into law that allowed mm-hmm. us to make it legal to own gold again. And and the congressman, uh, you might think of who he was, uh, Royce, I, I believe, Congressman Royce, Democrat. Uh, headed up the committee, and he said, "Yeah, Jay says I never could understand why owning an ounce of gold was uh, took uh, gave you the same kind of penalty as owning uh, crack cocaine." But mm-hmm. uh, I, I suppose that crack cocaine is much less uh, uh, much less threatening to the establishment than uh, than an ounce of gold, perhaps. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, anyway, so I, I'm not surprised funny, funny that, that somebody the objected to your thesis. Into, you know, that, that anyway, yeah. that's. That's, all right. So, all right. So, so you it, you were alluding to it. Um, so we're go, we're in a bull market of a lifetime. I think there's no question about that for gold and silver, uh, and that's fine. I mean, I I'm I'm happy because I have my position. My subscribers have their positions. 
we see our accounts gaining value, and that, that's all very good. But what is so troubling are the other things that are going on that are sort of causing this to happen. I mean, I, the, 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 uh, um, the demolition of the currency, Michael, and where is that going to leave us and where is that going to take us? I mean, we're in a depression now, I think. Do you agree mm-hmm. with that? Oh, yeah. Yep, I think so. Uh, politically, I think we're about where the Russians were in 1917 through 1990. We're about at 1990 as far as USSR goes. They, uh, it was only a 70-year span that, that that policy regime lasted, and then it finally collapsed, of course. Uh, and even Ayn Rand said, you don't have to go to war against them. They'll collapse on their own. Well, I think the same thing is true with statism in the U.S., uh-huh. which has arisen in an incremental way, brought upon us by both parties, by the way, yes, despite absolutely. some interruptions by Reagan and, and thoughts by Goldwater. Basically, the two parties over time have evolved a larger and larger and larger state, no matter what they might say to the contrary, especially the Republicans. And I think Trump has acted as a historic figure here in, in a negative way, in that he has effectively destroyed what used to be the conservative movement, which was embodied in the GOP, meaning the limited government types, the type that Ayn Rand might appreciate, the, you know, let's limit the government, uh, we have uh, separation of powers and uh, so forth and so on. Um, that party has been destroyed. It's now the Trumplican party. And if you're not with Trump, you're out of the party, basically. And in fact, a lot of the long-term conservatives who've been in Congress for a long time have just quit. They've just not run again. Yeah, and so right. he's, he's, he's destroyed one of the two parties that helped get us to this point. And now the other party is going full swirly into the ideas that have been under that party for a long time anyway, but now are mm-hmm. giving full throttle to total statism. They mm-hmm. have excuses now, great excuses. So uh, the combination of forces of Trump destroying what was the conservative movement and also being, by the way, a very contradictory individual. He, a lot of people think, well, he's against regulations and all this stuff. Yeah, fine. But he's also the, the prime advocate in, in modern American history of a president advocating the full destruction of the money unit. He's yeah, told for sure, yeah. to cut rates below zero. He's told them to print the money. Uh, anything it takes to inflate prices to, to keep things looking good. Uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's a modern monetary theorist. I see no yes. difference between him and the extreme left on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the money no, unit is, is an essential thing for social order. Uh, if that becomes in question, then social order is in question. Uh, yeah. Your ability to calculate reality is in question. Well, we're certainly seeing, you know, the, the things that Ayn Rand uh, and the Founding Fathers put in place to try to keep our liberties. For example, the First Amendment uh, and, the, and the Second Amendment the right to gather publicly, these kind of things that are being threatened like never before with COVID-19. It's a serious illness for sure. But there's every indication that uh, Sweden may have done it the right way if you take into consideration everything, not just the people, the number of people that die, but ultimately everything looks like they're coming back to normal uh, in terms of uh, this issue and they're, they're, they're getting through it uh, without the same kind of damage that we've had. But I want to ask you this. Uh, Michael, uh, earlier today, we watched in our office here Robert Kiyosaki, who said that America's headed for totalitarianism and that he wants to flee this country, wants to get out and take his gold with him. I'm not sure where he's going to go. 
I don't know what country on earth you can go to that doesn't present the same kind of Marxist totalitarian uh, philosophy. Uh, but but is he overstating where we, what we might be heading towards? Do you think? Probably, uh, in in a sense, uh, there's not many other places to go. Uh, and two, I don't think that uh, wrong ideas will survive. Just like the Soviet Union did not survive; it collapsed out of its own accord. Uh, I even have it on film. There was a CNN night in 1993 where there. Newspeople were watching the surrounding of the uh, White House. That's their part. Took a long time, though, Michael. The... It took Pardon a me? long time. It took seventy years or whatever for them to fall. Years. Well, think about it now. You know, we can go back to Roosevelt if you want, but if you start with LBJ's War on Poverty, which of course has never uh, succeeded, just like the War yep. on Drugs never succeeded, it's been about seventy years, and we've been evolving more and more toward total. Statism, oh, a soft, loving type of statism. You know, no jackboots and troops in the streets. Well, uh, well, maybe not. Maybe we're getting those. But uh, yeah. a loving state that controls so many aspects of your life uh, effectively lobotomizes you because it knows better. Uh, but that, that process has been uh, underway for a long time and getting more intense by the year. And now I think we're reaching the point where you're the final fulfillment of it, where I strongly suspect Biden will be elected. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the numbers are just too overwhelming for Trump to overcome. Fine, that's no big deal. Not much difference one way or the other. We're headed in the same direction, but we'll mm-hmm. go to a full swirly. Uh, you know, this is a Bernie Sanders election, effectively. All his policies are on the table, and uh, mm-hmm. that means we go full state socialism, and I suspect that swirly will last about one year before it totally mm-hmm. implodes in mm-hmm. terms of Social disorder, inability to calculate uh, because the money unit is in self-destruction, mm-hmm. uh, and, and all the chaos effects that will swirl off of that. And, and sometimes it takes pain to, to have birth, okay? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I think the other side of that could very rapidly be, not incrementally, but very rapidly, like chaos theory, where mm-hmm. you go into the dark hole and it's over quickly. It doesn't take mm-hmm. 20 years to figure out what you did wrong. Mm-hmm. It takes it takes a few smart people to say, okay, that we've had enough of this. That's it. Now, what could that mean? How 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 would that shape? Uh, it could be that some states decide to secede. Don't laugh. Listen for that word secession. It's probably going to come up in the news in 2021, whether it's a county wanting to secede from a state or state want to secede from the country. Uh, also, you could have states issue their own money units, perhaps backed by gold because they want a stable money unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of things like that could happen that nobody's thought about, but they would all be reflections of and consequences of the trend that has been in motion for 50, 60, 70 years, finally reaching its denouement, where, you know, it's, it's all over. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those are good things. So, mm-hmm. yes, they're so chaos, you're... but chaos is sometimes good. Yeah, and out of chaos can come order at times, that's for sure, and it takes that kind of misery. I mean, even in, even in relationships sometimes, you have to have a big blowout or a, an argument and, uh, you know, get things off your chest before you can start to have peace and tranquility again. I think that's just sort of the human condition. But um, so so we, we could be looking, you know, one, one, um, one, uh, one exploration geologist that's on this show quite often uh, provided his his ideas about where we might be headed. He suggested that we might split up into three different three different countries, perhaps or or more. 
you'd have a, a you know a, a, the coastals of the the west coast and the east coast being two different countries, and then something in the middle of the country mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that that would uh, reflect the the values of people in those regions. Is that something you think might be possible? Sure, uh, I think it's entirely possible. I think that it's hard to predict those kind of things, but I can yeah. tell that my strong sense is that we're going to get wave effects that nobody thought about, terms mm-hmm. that nobody thought about except in history classes when they were in high school, secession, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. I think they'll come rapidly. I think we're also going to have violence more and more. Uh, we could also see violence from the right. We haven't seen that so far. No. Uh, I suspect if uh, gun control gets too martial at some point, uh, you'll have some uh, parts of the country where they say, hey, don't, don't try to enforce that law here or you'll be in trouble. Okay, uh, so it, it's it's the kind of thing you you want to be prepared for. It's hard to predict what the waves, this precise waves, will be, but expect chaotic ones. But ultimately, I think they're good because they're tearing up a social order and a political trend direction that does not deserve to survive. Uh, just like Soviet Union did not deserve to survive, so it imploded on itself. Um, so it's just there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, it's a fact of reality uh, yeah. that was set in motion by others. Mm-hmm. So the best thing to do is to protect oneself, and I think one of the best ways to do that is to you know, make sure you don't have more than 250000 in a bank account at any given mm-hmm. bank. <laughs> uh, yeah. Make sure you've got gold and uh, take care of your family. Yeah. Well, certainly uh, Kamala Harris has suggested, and a, and a lot of people think that she would become the president, uh, fairly quickly, perhaps, given the condition of Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she has vowed to take away guns. And, and virtually everything, uh, all of those protection measures, like getting rid of the uh, Electoral College, getting rid of um, uh, two senators from every state, uh, all those things that were sort of meant to protect the uh, the less uh, the less powerful you know, amongst us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, take away the guns, of course, take away the guns. I mean, they knock on the door and you could see some people not taking too kindly to that to that move. But, uh, Michael, maybe we can get to the markets a little bit, uh, the kind of things that you and I talk mm-hmm. about with a few minutes um, that we have left here. So, um, I mean, gold has gotten over 2000 And from what I read, your, your work is suggesting don't even think about selling that. Don't even think about selling gold. And, and it sort of reflects what Kawasaki said in his interview. He said, gold can go to $10,000, i would be a buyer. It could go to $24,000, i would be a buyer. Well, the idea is that the only reason gold's going to those levels is that the currencies are crapping out. There's nothing left of them, right? And other so, asset categories. I think the commodity category is about to uh, turn up sharply. Uh, the Bloomberg mm-hmm. Commodity Index is one point away right now from a major breakout in our view uh-huh. by uh-huh. our momentum structural methods. Uh, I'm looking at the grains. I'm looking across the board, the energy complex. Uh, it's across the board. It's not just uh, one market having an excuse to go up. It's quite a few markets in the commodity complex are turning up without any particular reason. I think the particular reason is is a very broad one, and it's not specific mm-hmm. to any given market. That is, the commodity category has been beat off the page, has laid on the, on the pavement for five years at price levels that are just very low. Look at the grains, for example. It's just not going any lower. The question is, when do they turn up? When do investors say, okay, I've had enough of this high-risk asset called the stock market, which I'm really not quite sure what it's going to do, and I'd rather get into something that is at the basement level. And mm-hmm. I think that money's starting to move into commodities. And once you see that, then you'll have what uh, the, the central banks say they've been looking for is some inflation. <laughs> They're going to get a lot more than they expect, though. 
Yeah, um, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, so that's another place to look. And as far as the stock market goes, I strongly suspect it will go down big uh, after this uh, false rally that we're getting now. I, don't, I think the S&P is in a wild, broadening pattern, topping pattern for, since 2018, if you look at the charts. Uh, but that's really not the issue. The issue is where's the better place to be, relatively. And I think the commodities and gold are going to beat the pants off of uh, even the U.S. stock market, which is, the, of course, the strongest developed economy stock market on the planet. Uh, which I think is also the most vulnerable. So it's it's a matter of moving your assets into the safer places, the most likely places with less risk, more reward. And I think that would now be commodities, which I think will trail the gold trend that's already underway. All right. Like the late 1970s so, again. Yeah, yeah, it looks a little bit like what that's certainly what you're describing. But Michael, the safety havens are T bonds and gold, right? Those are the you know risk For off. Now. The risk-on markets to go to. Now, in a yeah. rising inflationary environment, rising commodity environment, can the Fed keep the bond, keep the interest rates down? And if so, how much money do they have to print to try to do that? Yeah, well, that's, it's sort of self-defeating, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the long end of the, the government bond markets we're watching closely, the Japanese government bonds, the bonds in Europe, and the U.S. T-bonds. And I think there's one more surge in them as, a, as an avenue of safety for people who are mm-hmm. looking for safety outside the stock market. But yeah. at the, after that next rally, and I suspect that rally occurs this year, uh, at that point, I think the vulnerability on the downside in price, higher yields is, gets to be very strong, in which case that alternative will cease to be an alternative. In fact, it'll turn into a negative for the stock market because if yields start to rise, especially on the longer end, uh, that will be very harmful to the stock market, um, which will leave one primary alternative left. Yeah, Gold. and precious metals and commodities, essentially. That's correct. All right, uh, well, that's about all the time we have. I, I would say that uh, Danielle D. Martino Booth last week pointed out that food prices in the United States have gone up 5.3%. I think she said over 13% in China. So that suggests there are some pressures on uh, the mm-hmm. basic cost of staying alive for most people, not the rich people that are making the decisions in Washington and Wall Street, uh, but the common folks, the, uh, you know, the salt and salt-of-the-earth types that actually do things for the rest of us. And uh, Michael, I want to thank you so much for being with us and, and spending some extra time with us today. It's always a pleasure to have you. And, uh, and your insights are always very, very uh, much welcomed and, uh, and loved here on this show. So thank you so much for being with us, and we'll have you back in a couple of weeks again, hopefully. Thank you much, Jay. Bye-bye. All right. All right, folks. Uh, well, that's about it for this week. Next week, Ronan Manley is scheduled to be with me. Uh, I hope we can get him. Uh, he's been a little bit hard to get a hold of. He's recently made a move to Brazil. And Quentin Henning is going to be with me to talk about Irving. Uh, so uh, at least those two people will be with Well, Quentin Henning will be with us, and we'll have another guest if we can't get Ronan. Until then, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 